Hey Life Architects, Adam Carroll here with another Build a Bigger Life solo cast. This show, I thought I'd break down a book that was life-changing for me the first time I read it and makes me rethink what I'm doing every time I reread it. It's a seminal classic called The Magic of Thinking Big by Dr. David Schwartz. You'll hear just about every self-development expert in the industry of transformation talk about this book because it was that impactful when Dr. Schwartz wrote it. Important to know is the book was originally published in 1959 while Dr. Schwartz was a professor at Georgia State University. He's now the president of Creative Educational Services, which is a consulting company that specializes in leadership development. I should let you know the book was introduced to me first when I was a door-to-door book salesman in the summers between my junior and senior year in college. I remember a mentor of mine suggested I read it and it opened the door to a number of ideas that, to this day, I use on a daily basis. The first of which in the book is the idea that to think big, you must first believe big. Big thinkers, first and foremost, have an incredible amount of belief in themselves, in their ideas, their abilities, their work ethic, essentially in the fact that they have big potential. They ignore naysayers, and they understand the difference between feedback and negative criticism from people who tend to be self-doubters in the first place. So step one, according to Dr. Schwartz, here is the first step toward success. It's a basic step. It can't be avoided. Step one, believe in yourself. Believe that you can succeed. The first century philosopher Seneca put it this way, it is not because things are difficult that we do not dare. It is because we do not dare that things are difficult. Secondly, Schwartz recommends removing the word impossible from your vocabulary. Things referred to as impossible or thought of as impossible summon the power of your subconscious mind to find all the reasons that you're right. You'll begin to notice the little things you normally wouldn't that support the idea that whatever you're contemplating is impossible. My friend Rick Petrie, a future guest on the podcast, has lived his life by the saying, impossible is nothing, and actually does a podcast about people who perceive life the same way. In the book, Dr. Schwartz says, eliminate the word impossible from your thinking and speaking vocabularies. Impossible is a failure word. The thought, it's impossible, sets off a chain reaction of other thoughts to prove you're right. Walt Disney was famous for saying these words, it's kind of fun to do to the impossible. Well said, Walt. Now sell me another set of mouse ears. There is something that plagues most people when it comes to an inability to think big and a sure cure for what ails you. And the plague, according to Dr. Schwartz, is called excusitis. In the book, he describes it this way. Go deep into your study of people and you'll discover unsuccessful people suffer a mind-deadening thought disease. We call this disease excusitis. Every failure has this disease in its advanced form, and most average persons have at least a mild case of it. He goes on to say that the most successful, the more successful the individual, the less inclined he is to make excuses. So I ask you, which way do you lean? Towards making excuses or making results happen? I've heard you can't have results and excuses at the same time. The cure to excusitis is simple. It's the applied knowledge that action cures fear. Excuses are generally bred from the fact that fear keeps us from attempting or achieving goals, but action cures fear. 
When I first agreed to go sell books door to door, my family thought I had joined a cult. After a few meetings, I was pretty sure I had too. But this cult had success on the brain, and they told me one thing that has stuck with me every, ever since. The only time motivation comes before work is in the dictionary. They told me when you feel fear, go to work. When you feel tired, go to work. When you need motivation, you guessed it, go to work. It seems that they knew that action was a surefire cure to fear. Schwartz talks about fear this way. Fear of all kinds and sizes is a form of psychological infection. We can cure a mental infection the same way we cure a body infection with specific proven treatments. Condition yourself with this fact. All confidence is acquired and developed. No one is born with confidence. Those people around you who radiate confidence, who have conquered worry, who are at ease everywhere and all the time, acquired their confidence every bit of it. It seems that they did it through taking action. Action, and specifically repeated action again and again until you've mastered something, is critical. Schwartz, in the book, calls it stickability. In a meeting with my friend, mentor, and former business partner, Chad Carden, earlier this week, he made the comment that the only reason he's achieved what he has, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast interview with Chad, definitely take the time to check that out. Chad said the only reason he's achieved what he has is he's failed more times than most people will even try in their life. He's quick to act, he has stickability, and he won't bail when things get tough. I respect the man immensely because he's been to the woodshed and back again and again, and he refuses to give up. He learns from his mistakes, he succeeds in the face of adversity, and he never, ever gives up. Chad and I share a similar trait, and it's one that Dr. Schwartz recommends in the grand scheme of thinking big. It involves paying close attention to the thoughts that you keep in, what Schwartz calls your memory bank deposits. There are really two kinds of deposits you can make. They're either negative or they're positive. Put another way, you can either add to the memory bank or you can subtract from it. I overheard someone adding a negative statement to their memory bank just the other day. It started with an I wish statement, but the I wish was something that had happened some time ago, and the wish was that it had happened differently. I asked them how that thought made them feel, and after some digging into their feelings, it was pretty clear that the I wish statement had a negative attachment. As a general rule, I found that wishes can either be positive or negative, and it's almost always tied with the time frame in which you're wishing. So if you wish to the future, there is a positive emotion and a pull to that wish. Wishing backwards, such as, I wish I would have gotten that part in the school play. I wish my parents would have stayed together. I wish that things would have turned out differently, etc. Those are making negative deposits in your mental bank. At best, they're withdrawals. At worst, the positive thoughts and comments you make that are deposits into your memory bank are uplifting, inspiring, and can be transformational. If you struggle with adding positive thoughts to your memory bank, consider making a list of all the things you've rocked in your life. Go way back to when you passed driver's ed, when you asked that guy or girl to prom, when you played the saxophone solo in band. Most people don't give themselves enough credit for rocking huge chunks of their life. Yet those thoughts are the ones we must redeposit in our memory banks on the daily. Schwartz says in the book, in brief, 
It really is easy to forget the unpleasant if we simply refuse to recall it. Withdraw only positive thoughts from your memory bank and let the others fade away. And your confidence, that feeling of being on top of the world, will zoom upward. You take a big step toward conquering your fear when you refuse to remember negative, self-deprecating thoughts. The last idea I'd like to share from the magic of thinking big is an important one. Capture your ideas. Every day, lots of ideas are born only to die quickly because they were never nailed to a piece of paper. Don't let ideas escape and figure out a place to keep them all. Anthony Robbins called this place your ubiquitous idea capturing tool. Many of my friends carry moleskin notebooks with them everywhere they go, and they capture every idea, big or small. My friend Scott Ginsberg even developed his own prolific writing system so that he'd never forget an amazing idea. He also has nearly 40 books on Amazon to prove how prolific his ideas really are. And Jim Rohn, the America's foremost business philosopher who passed away three or four years ago, used to say that the only thing we have to leave future generations are our words and our pictures. Words, people. Ideas. Capture them because they could be life-changing. I promise that if you get in the habit of thinking big, you'll experience the magic that Dr. Schwartz writes about in his, in his incredible book. And in the process of doing all of this, you will build a bigger life. Thanks for listening to the Build a Bigger Life podcast with Adam Carroll. If you liked what you heard on the podcast today, help spread the message of a bigger life by leaving a review and subscribing on iTunes. Follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Carroll. Download a copy of the Build a Bigger Life blueprint at buildabiggerlife.com and check out Adam's TEDx talk on YouTube. Until next week, may you build a bigger life.